Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Word Processing. My name's Andrew, I'm one of the pastors at Oak Ridge Bible Chapel, and I'm joined with our pastoral intern, Tim. It's great to see you, Tim. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. And we are talking about another topic that you came up with actually for discussion, Tim, which is the idea of meditating on scripture. And I know this is something that has really been big in your life, which we'll maybe get into a little bit more later in the conversation. But we really want to start out by being clear what we mean around the church or in Christianity when we talk about meditating on scripture. What makes meditating on scripture different than other non-biblical forms of meditation? What are we really talking about here? What's the definition? Yeah, that's a that's a good point because a lot of times when you think meditation is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think almost like a new age type thing where we have this mysterious, mystical understanding of what spirituality slash religion is. And meditation can mean a whole bunch of different things. Sometimes it's like emptying yourself of something. Sometimes it's just a way to relax or something. Or sometimes it's even kind of connecting to something. There's just so many different ways that people go about it. And meditating on scripture is really none of those things. It's very, very simple, actually. It's filling yourself with the word. Like, it's getting rid of distractions, yes, but it's filling yourself with something else. It's just with the Word, with what God has revealed to us, the Word right here. I like the way that Joshua 1.8 puts it. This is the Word of the Lord to Joshua, just before he takes command of the tribes of Israel and they cross the, uh, the Jordan River. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The key there is to meditate on it day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth and be careful to do everything written. It's just, that's really as simple as it gets. Meditating on scripture is continually reminding yourself and just continually thinking about scripture, reading it, praying through it. If you've memorized something, reciting it. That's what we mean by meditation on scripture. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there when we focus on the distinction between typically, and again, this is not exhaustively descriptive, but typically other forms of meditation are about emptying your mind. Whereas when we talk about meditating on scripture, it is purposely filling your minds with God's word. So reading it, like you said, listening to it, perhaps maybe speaking it out loud, perhaps praying it to God in certain occasions, dwelling on it, contemplating it, thinking about it. It's really, as you said, quite different than the idea of of emptying our minds. While we do want to avoid distractions, it is really focusing and thinking about these things, uh, the things that God has written and, and spoken through his word. Well, you gave one great example with Joshua 1.8, but are there any other places that we can go to in scripture that really focus on this idea of meditation? I suppose probably one of the key and biggest areas is uh, Psalm 119 is what I really thought of immediately Hmm. because it's that massive, massive psalm that just talks about the word of the Lord. And obviously there's going to be a section in there somewhere about uh, meditating on it. This is Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So there we see several things that the word kind of talks about in scripture meditation. Um, Hiding your word in my heart. That's a very 
clear way of being able to think about it constantly and mm-hmm. every day in your heart. It's going to affect the way that you live. Um, how does a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. That's meditating on the word there again. Additionally, I'd go to another psalm, actually. Psalm 1 is another great place to be able to go to mm-hmm. think about. Uh, I mean, we could just say right here, so many of the psalms have reference to this idea of meditating on God's word. We see the psalmist often referring to that idea. But yeah, Psalm 1-1, one, one, or 1-2, I guess you could say, really comes to mind. Yeah, here. exactly, exactly. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. So right there we see the uh, the clear contrast. The blessing to the man who's not sinning, but what's he doing instead? Meditating on the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's the clear way of being able to keep yourself from sin as well, to stay vigilantly constantly in the word day and night it says it's kind of that idea of like keeping your focus on one area so you don't stray into some other area i know my mind goes to other passages that don't necessarily refer to meditating on scripture per se but it still encapsulates this kind of idea so we have colossians uh, 3 verse 2 set your minds on things above not on the things that are on earth which is again this description of focus of filling your mind with things that are godly things that are glorifying to god rather than dwelling on our earthly realm or the things around us here and and then again in philippians paul gives a similar charge to the philippian church in chapter 4 verse 8 finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise think about these things and i think that kind of idea comes back to my head when I think about meditating on scripture. Yes, it's definitely God's word and we want to focus on God's word primarily. Um, And this, I think, is just a picture of how we can do that. It's setting your mind on God's word, on the things that he has written, on the things that he has spoken, on the things that he has commanded so that we can really understand them better. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right when you say that uh, it's central to be able to to set your mind on things. I also love, for example, in Romans 12, where he says, renew your mind. Mm. And in Romans 12, he's kind of contrasting the way of the world to the way that he wants the church to be able to live separately from the world. How do you do that? Well, by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. Well, Tim, so we know what meditating on scripture is. We see what the Bible has to say about it. But why is meditating on the Bible so important? Well, we we talked about meditating a little bit. Let's talk about the word for a second. Sure, yeah. The word, quite simply, it's powerful. It's worthy of meditation. If we truly believe that the word is the revealed word of God, like it's Mm -hmm. the words that he literally gave us, and we have them in front of us in our own language, then almost by necessity, we ought to meditate on them so that we can understand what God's trying to tell us. One passage that really describes the uh, the power of the word I like to think of is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, this is just one of many verses that talks about the uh, the word of God being powerful. But just think of the way it's described here. It's living and active. It's sharper than a sword, and it can even judge the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So there is power in the word of God. 
it's not God itself, obviously, but because it's the word that God revealed to us, there's a lot of power in it, and there is a lot of profitability, and there's a lot of importance in being able to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you went right to the idea of the power of the word and how transformative it can be. And mm-hmm. my mind goes to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. Which again is this moment here where God is conferring to his people, my word will not return without doing what it's meant to accomplish. And so we can trust that by spending time in God's word, by reading God's word, that something in line with God's will is going to be accomplished in our life because his word has power to do God's will and bring about God's will in our life. It helps us conform more to God's will. You know, we talk about in the church, the idea of God's will quite a bit, the idea of knowing what's God's plan for my life. What is God's will? What is God calling me to do, perhaps? Well, how can we hope to know any of those things if we're not spending time in God's word, getting to know the person whose will we're trying to follow, getting to know the character of God, and eventually getting to what he wants us to do as his people, as that verse in Joshua pointed to as well, the obedience factor. How can we hope to be obedient to a God who we don't know and who we don't know what he has said? And so, of course, we have to be spending time in his word. Absolutely. And I think, again, two super brief areas of application that I've seen, not just in my life, but you can also see in the scriptures, um, for example, is a response to temptation. Um, What did Jesus do when Satan tempted him in the desert? Well, he quoted scripture. How on earth could he know scripture if he didn't study it beforehand? So to be able to know those things before the temptation comes is to be ready for the temptation when it comes. Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful thing. That's another demonstration of the power of God. The other thing that I'm thinking about is evangelism. To be able to know key passages like John 3.16 or Romans 3.23 or something like that, and to be able to just quote them as you're trying to share the gospel with somebody. I think probably the key importance there is it roots the message of the gospel, not just in the words that you're saying, but in the word itself, the Bible. And as we've already established how powerful the word is, there's a lot more authority there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listeners who have been around Oak Ridge for a while may remember Dr. Larry Moyer, who's been on the podcast and who also has been to Oak Ridge before. And his it definitely follows that exact prescription. You know, as we go through, here's the reminder, here's the bad news, the good news. But with every single point, there's a scripture that aligns with it as well. He always starts with that question. Has anyone ever shown you using the Bible that you can know for sure that you will be saved? And I think it's so important that we're able to to be able to draw from that well, so to speak, that when someone asks us a question, especially non-believers, we are able to go not to just our own thoughts or our own ideas, but able to go to God's word, because that is what has power. What a great uh, foundation to lay your understanding of the gospel on, if nothing mm-hmm. else. And of course, as we continue to read God's word and get to know him more, we also can gain a better understanding of who we are as those made in God's image, as those loved by him enough that he sent his son for us. There are so many different things and sources in our world that are vying for our attention, vying for our identity to try and tell us who we are. Well, the God who created us in his word has given us clear depictions of what God thinks about humanity and and what our identity is, especially 
once we follow Christ, we are in Christ. We are part of his body, part of his family. And I think that's another important thing that we gain by taking more time to be in God's word. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Well, Tim, what are some ways that we can do this process? I mean, we've alluded to it, obviously reading, speaking, praying, etc. But what are some ways that we can spend more time or be more effective, I guess you could say, in meditating on scripture? And maybe I'll make the distinction here too and ask it sort of as a question, but what makes meditating distinct from studying God's word? Or is there a difference? And how would you maybe give the advice if someone came up to you and said, I want to be spending more time meditating on God's word, what would you maybe suggest? If our basic understanding of meditating on scripture is just to fill oneself with the scripture, then I'd say that if when you're studying scripture, if you're filling yourself with the words that you're studying, of course you're going to be meditating mm-hmm. on Reading is also a great opportunity to be able to meditate on scripture. Another way is to be able to memorize scripture, to be able to recite it without looking at it, to be able to sing it in a song again without looking at it, um, putting it to music, coming to church, to be able to hear the word being preached. You're Hmm. still meditating on those words as they have been read to you. And then afterwards, as they're being expounded upon in the preaching, is another great opportunity to be able to meditate on scripture, listening to podcasts like this as well. But in truth, probably the most simplest way to be able to do it is to open up the book and read it for yourself. Yeah, I think that's such an important distinction here again, is that sure, while we are studying, we can also be meditating, but not every time we meditate do we need to be studying. There is power in just reading God's word or listening to God's word that we don't every single time have to be reading a commentary side by side or or trying to really dig into what the text is getting at. Obviously, there's times that we want to be doing that. That's why this podcast was created in the first place is to help people dig in deeper into their word. But there is times where we need to just listen to it. Just Paul refers to it as being washed by the word, cleansed by the washing Mm -hmm. of the word in Ephesians 5. And I think there's times that we need to just do that to be in God's word. And so some of the things that I found helpful um, over the years is sometimes a reading plan can be helpful. There's Mm. so many out there. There are so many online nowadays. Yeah. Although I would also throw the caution that there's times that that can be really helpful, especially like a, let's call it like a Bible in a year plan. But I find there can also be times where that can also draw us into trying to rush through just to meet our plan specifics. You know, we want to finish the Bible in a year, so we have to get through X number of chapters today when maybe sometimes it's better to actually, you know, slow down, be intentional and take some time thoughtfully reading through a smaller section. A tip that I found helpful as well is, you know, reading through until you find something interesting, find something that is maybe confusing to you or that you don't understand and spend some time reading that through again, hoping for some understanding, asking God for understanding. I mean, we want to acknowledge, I guess here, we haven't said it so far, but praying that God would reveal himself to us through his word is a great step in the process of meditating on scripture, asking for his help and his, his eyes and his intervention as we read pray it to God, read it slowly and thoughtfully. And again, just taking that time, being intentional about it, I think is is really kind of the goal. The same way that it would be with, you know, another form of meditation where you're just purposely setting aside time to, in that case, clear your mind. In this case, we are setting aside time to fill our mind with things of God through his word. Now, Tim, you mentioned something really briefly there, and I want to come back to it right now, which is the idea of memorizing scripture and how obviously if we want to have a deeper well to draw from, it helps to be able to memorize those things. So we don't always have to have 
God's word open in front of us to be able to draw from it. And I know that you are a bit of the expert here. I know you've spent a lot of time uh, memorizing God's word. And just before we get into your techniques, because I want to hear about them, I do want to throw in a quick little plug here, which is that uh, Creekside, which is one of our, our partner churches, they have teens that some of their youth are involved in a program called Bible quizzing. It's a tournament of churches all over the province, the country, and they get together and they are quizzed based on their memorization of scripture and their new season is starting up soon. And I know they're interested in maybe uh, having some Oak Ridge people involved in that as well. Um, so if you are interested in memorizing scripture and perhaps even competing with your memorization of scripture and you fall within the, you know, grade nine to 12 range, I think it's actually grade seven to 12 range come and talk to me. We can hopefully get you connected. But Tim, what do you do when it comes to memorizing scripture? Well, for me personally, a bit of a disclaimer there, I've been given the gift of having a really good, really efficient memory. So memorizing, I don't want to say it comes naturally to me, but a bit easier than for some people. Easily to me, relatively easily to me. So I understand that when I say a lot of the stuff that I do, it's not going to work for everybody because people their brains work in different ways. It's yeah, just the way we were created. Uh, the way that I tend to do it is very, very simple. It's just repetition. I choose a passage. Sometimes it's a psalm. Sometimes it's a chapter in the New Testament or something that I want to be able to memorize, or perhaps it's a section, whatever it is. Let's say the armor of God. So what I'll do is I'll usually read it just once a day. I'll add that as a part of my quiet time with God. Like whenever I sit down to pray just by myself or read my scripture, I'll flip over to Ephesians 6 because we're using this as an example. And I'll read through that section I want to memorize once. And then I'll go about my day and come to the next day and do it again. And that usually lasts probably about a week of me just reading it just so that I get it familiarized in my mind. I'm not speed reading through it. I'm not meticulously looking up the original language for it either. Mm -hmm. I'm just reading through it, kind of thinking about it a little bit. Then eventually, as those phrases start to kind of connect in my mind, I start day by day, and I usually try to add one verse that I haven't yet been able to say without looking. So the first day that I come to it, after about a week of reading through it, I'll go to verse one and be able to see if I can recite verse one without looking at it. Sure. Then afterwards, I'll read the remainder that I haven't yet memorized just so that it stays fresh in my mind. Next day comes back, I'll recite verse two, then make sure that I can connect one and two together again without looking at it, read the rest of it that I haven't memorized yet till I come back for the next day. It's almost like doing the bingo song. You can tell I have young kids, that B-I-N-G-O, and then the next time you drop the B, and then the next time you drop the I, and then the next time you drop the N, and you're just trying to get further and further. But each time you're still going through the whole passage. Exactly, exactly. And for me, that works. It's a very simple, but like you said, the, the bingo song is a great way to be able to keep it fresh in your mind. And depending on how long the section is, it might take a little bit longer to be able to uh, to recite something fully. But if you're memorizing a certain chunk of scripture, I find that's a great way to be able to go about doing it. Rather than just doing individual verses from different places kind of thing. Doing individual verses is another great opportunity as well. And again, I think the same general idea applies. Mm-hmm. Repetition. Even if it's just one singular verse that you want to memorize... Make sure you're repeating it in your mind first by reading and then by reciting it. Maybe you have to separate the verse into chunks if it's a bit longer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you could do it all at once, but until you can start reciting it without looking at it. 
other ways that you could do it as well that uh, have also helped me throughout my past is finding a musical rendition of sure. whatever it is the passage that you want to say. Now, for some passages, it's easier. Like the Psalms, for example, they're literally, they were set to music when they were originally written. Right. But uh, nowadays on the internet, you can also get almost every passage of scripture in song. I remember attending a service one Christmas when we were going through a Lenten study and they had Matthew 1, the genealogy, set to music. And they wow. played a four-minute video. And it was just the these people. In a re- it was actually really interesting, too. And I'm like, if you could set a genealogy to music, you can set any passage of scripture mm-hmm. to music. <laughs> yeah, especially because there are people, most of us, I would say, that memorize easier if we're able to attach it to a song. I mean, I still will admit, like, when it comes to, like, saying the books of the Bible, my mind still goes to the, the tune that we learned as kids, right? And... Um, there's certain things like that that just help you with that that process for sure. Now, also a little bit of a encouragement to those of you who find it a little bit more difficult to be able to memorize things word for word. I've got a couple friends and family members that are like that, and I get it. It's it can be a struggle, and it just the ways that we just talked about might not be able to work for you. But I still want to encourage you to be able to at the very least consider memorizing scriptural concepts. For example, you recited Philippians. 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, you may not be somebody who's able to remember all nine parts of that message right there, but you can remember that in the book of Philippians, Paul says, hey, make sure you keep your thoughts clean. It's kind of very important. That's a simple concept that you can memorize too, and that I think that that counts. You're still meditating on what the scripture is saying, even though it's not necessarily word for word what it says in our English translation in front of us. It can still be a helpful tool for remembering what God's word has to say on different topics at the very least. Absolutely, yeah. And that can then help us remember, oh, you know, if I'm struggling with my thought life, I know that I can go to Philippians 4 somewhere and Mm -hmm. you look through and then you find it and then you can actually spend time meditating on the actual words. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, I suppose one final note here. Once you start memorizing scripture, if you get out of the habit, it's really easy to lose what you've worked so hard to accomplish. Uh, Let's say you worked for two months trying to get a chapter of Romans. Romans 8 is 39 verses long. It's an amazing chapter, and it took me a while to be able to get there, but eventually I was able to memorize it. But if I, for some reason, decided to stop being able to recite it and re-recite it, I'd lose that. Mm-hmm. And there's two months of work that I just put into it down the drain right there. So just an encouragement to be able to continue reciting what it is that you've chosen to memorize in scripture. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Don't give up. Well, listener, I hope today has been a helpful discussion as we, again, think about this topic of spending time in God's word and in maybe a different way than we normally talk about it on this podcast. Again, I know primarily we talk about studying or understanding or trying to to get to the deeper meaning behind text, but it is also important to just spend time in God's word. And so I hope you feel encouraged today. And Tim, thank you for your insights here. And listener, until next time, go with grace and with peace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.